In episode 35 of MobyCast, we talk about our original goals for this podcast and where we plan to take it in the future. Welcome to MobyCast, a weekly conversation about containerization, Docker, and modern software deployment. Let's jump right in. Well, hello there, Chris and Rich. Welcome. Hey. Hi, guys. Good to talk to you today. So, Rich, what have you been up to this week? Uh, this week has been uh, a lot of um, just getting things squared away for the end of the year. We've got a bunch of projects that need to be finished before the holidays. So um, it feels like a grind right now, just getting things done, but but pretty good. Been bouncing back and forth between different job roles. And so this last week has been mostly um, writing code. Right on. That sounds pretty good. How about you, Chris? Uh, yeah, I just got back um, from some travel going out to sunny San Diego to meet with, uh, with a customer and had a really fun collaborative working session there. And uh, now I've just been trying not to get overwhelmed by the AWS reInvent session catalog, um, trying to pick out my schedule for reInvent, which is now um, less than a month away. So over 2,000 items in their session catalog spread over five days. Um, so it's tough. Yeah, I was resigned not to go to reInvent just because I figured, eh, you know, there's a chance that Kelsis could, you know, learn something or, or my presence there could help us learn something that might lead to more business, but maybe not. And it's a pretty expensive gamble. reInvent is not a cheap little week. But uh, some meetings came up that are pretty enticing. So just yesterday, I pulled the trigger and decided I'm going. So I'm really excited about that. And yeah, San Diego. San Diego is Kelsis's third hub. We go there a lot. Um, and actually, we hired somebody there in San Diego. Um, he's on our website now, VJ. And it is just great to, to continue to have a presence in one of our favorite places. So this week... In, I thought we'd do something a little different, Chris and Rich. I thought instead of grilling Chris and just wringing every last bit of technical information we can out of him, that we'd take a look at where we've been and talk about where we're planning to go with MobyCast. Uh, we're, we're not planning on slowing down or stopping anytime soon, but I do think that we've kind of found our stride and we know what we're doing a little bit better than we did in the first few episodes. So we just wanted to tell you what we've learned and what we plan to do. So I guess we can get started. Maybe Chris, if you would just, I don't know, just take us on a little journey. Tell us some of the topics that we've covered and, and the themes that have emerged. Yeah, that's, it's feels like quite the laundry list so far. I think we're up over almost, uh, we're knocking on the door of 40 episodes of, of MobiCast now. We've covered uh, a broad range of topics for sure. This all started with you and Rich and I had, um, lunch there in um, Denver, Colorado, kind of just throwing around ideas and kind of, we had a really interesting discussion about just like, what's the difference between virtual machines and containers. And um, from that, the idea was sparked like, Hey, like this is really interesting. And this is probably going to be interesting to a lot of other people. Hopefully why not have this kind of format for a podcast? There's, plenty of material here to talk about that is interesting and it's it's a, it's a challenging environment the the pace of innovation is just increasing um, and folks just need to know this to build modern apps in the cloud so starting with that very first one 
was like, hey, what is the difference between a virtual machine and a container? What is a virtual machine? What is a container? Um, and just branching off from that. So then I, I know we, we, we've done a lot of talks about just containers and, um, you know, what are containers? How do you build apps and container? How do you containerize them? What are some of the best practices there? How do you, how do you deploy those? Like what's the life cycle look like, especially in the context of a, of a CI CD system? Um, we've talked about security issues with that are um, specific to containers and, and um, you know, what, what security problems are kind of fixed by them, but then also some new ones that are introduced by them. Um, and Chris, one of the things that I wanted to interject too is that I think something that's different about this podcast than a lot uh, is it just that, you know, it's just you and I talking to each other about this stuff. Um, I think there's sort of an assumption a lot of times when people start a podcast, oh, I've got to interview people. I've got to interview technologists or I've got to interview, you know, entrepreneurs or something. Um, and that's not the way we decided to do it. So, so it's been interesting because we actually have to make sure we're ready to talk about things and that we are we are up to speed on the topics that we're going to cover and it and it causes us to do a little preparation that way but it also lets us go deep and and discuss things that you don't get to with one conversation with a new person every week. Absolutely. Yeah, it's um you know, almost kind of like this concept of just like fireside chats of just really what's relevant in in our world of how to build software, like what we're doing um, and what's important, um, the challenges that we face and just the, the techniques and best practices and tools and things that we, we find useful. Right. And some other topics that we've covered over the, over the history have been lots of stuff related to AWS. We just keep coming back and back to AWS. And then, you know, a few other things like real life troubleshooting situations. We've done that a couple of times. Um, we've done a lot of, uh, one thing we really enjoy doing is rehashing of conference talks that we've been to because well, I think a lot of times those talks are are almost presented to, especially with certain speakers. I, I wouldn't say this is across the board, but certain speakers like to make sure that they that that the audience realizes how capable and intelligent that they are by not lowering their discourse to sort of you know lower to mid level technologists and, and keeping it super, super high level. It's super, super difficult to understand for people. And while that does achieve that, it doesn't necessarily help everybody learn. So we we go into those talks and, and break them down and help people that might might not be able to digest it in the conference setting, digest it. So I really like those. Yeah, those have been super fun because it's it's not it's 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 that's a big part of it of just kind of like making it more digestible. But then also um, think of it, it's, I kind of like view it as like the sidebar commentary. Um, right, right. So the mystery science theater 3000 of the conference. Yeah. It's <laughs> it, that, that supplemental material that kind of makes it really, you can, you can apply a lot more context to it. Right. Cause we, we do have the, um, we're fortunate where we have a bit more time or we can spread it out, um, over multiple episodes, um, and kind of go deeper on some of these things and say, well, how does this really apply to us in the real world? Um, right. and that's been a lot of fun. Yep. Yep. And so looking at that history and looking at, um, you know, the wonderful world of modern software makes it so that we can actually see some metrics and analytics. And what we've found is that you, dear listeners seem to, uh, appreciate things that are kind of foundational, a lot of how to stuff, a lot of this is what this is type stuff. And what you don't seem to like is like going deep on security or going deep on, um, you know, esoteric 
things that are not everyday, uh, everyday stuff. For example, like um, deep down dark secrets of Docker. Eh, it's not as interesting for you as, you know, what are some how to for what's some how to for managing your Docker files like that. That's more interesting stuff Or what are the, you know, what are the AWS services that we use and love at Kelsey's? That seems to be the type of content that's interesting. So um, good to learn that. Good to just, you know, get some history with the podcast and see what people like. So based on that, I think now is the time to just say how that applies to our own lives and our own world as, as people that manage a software, software shop. You know, we build custom software for clients. So we have around 25, 30 developers. I guess it's really closer to 30, although some of them are kind of contractual right now. So Chris... How does all this relate to what we do every day? Yeah, I mean, the job of a developer today, you know, building modern software in the cloud um, that is production worthy, um, where you have businesses that are relying on that software to operate correctly and efficiently and consistently. Um, there's a there's a broad range of, of skills and techniques and technologies that have to be employed. And um, so... You know, it's turned out that there's been a very real realization that almost all of these these topics that we've talked talked about on Mobicast, it's kind of like almost like engineering 101 for our development team. Like it's all very, very applicable to building software in the cloud, um, building software that's robust, um, building it in an agile way. And uh, let's at least give it a let's let's make it let's say it's a engineering 1001 it could be a graduate level course <laughs> and it, yeah it, it is it one in a sense is like it's kind of like table stakes right like you right know, sure but it's definitely not um easy it, maybe it, it's i don't know i mean i think we've talked about this before like chemistry 101 in a you know college like that is a foundational class it's big there's like i don't know about you but like my class had about 700 students in it and mm-hmm. i remember like the the average exam score was something like 23, right? <laughs> Out of a hundred, right? Like the, right, right. so if you got like a 55 on that exam, it was like an A plus. Um, so it was introductory material, but it wasn't easy. Um, and so I think, you know, this, this definitely applies for, um, you know, what a modern day developer has to deal with when, when building robust software in, in the cloud and dealing with all these technologies and everything is changing so rapidly. So yeah, so de- definitely it's it's a it's a it's a big job um, with lots of stuff to learn. And that's why it's it's been fun doing these podcasts and talking through all these issues. Um, like we we're routinely pointing back our team to say, oh, you know, you have a question about how to do like like logging for your backend service. Well, there's a couple episodes here that you should listen to because it's really applicable. Hey, this is Rich. Please pardon this quick interruption. We recently passed an internal milestone of 10,000 listens, and I wanted to take a moment to thank you for the support. I was also hoping to encourage you to head on over to iTunes and leave us a review or a rating. Positive feedback and constructive criticism are both incredibly important to us. So give us an idea of how we're doing, and we'll promise to keep publishing new episodes every week. All right, let's dive back in. Right, and we find that people that we hire because um, we do we do tend to hire a lot of people that are that are newer in their career. Maybe they've only had two three years of experience. We and and we find that a lot of the people that we talk to haven't run right up against that the metal, you know, running software in 
real production environments with real users and, and not just 10 users, but tens of thousands of users or hundreds of thousands of users. Um, and since it's a different game, you know, availability and security and those things matter. And they don't, you know, they don't matter as much when it's it's sort of uh, more prototypey or, or just a little startup that that's trying to see if people like something. So those, those things matter less in that situation and matter way more when a business depends on the software functioning. Um, and so we just find that, it, you know, we, we don't, when we hire, it's, it's rare that people have that. So it's become our job to give them that. And doing that job while fun is also, it's also daunting. You know, there's a lot to learn. And, and I realized in my own career too, when I graduated from college and, and did my first couple of years as a software developer, I too had no idea about any of this stuff. If you would have said, you know, go build a service and make sure that it's secure and always available, I would have had no idea what to do. Not, I wouldn't, you know, Google didn't even, I guess Google did exist, but I wouldn't have known what to even Google. Um, and that, that's, you know, we say that on our pro Docker training website, you know, you can't Google your way to Docker Nirvana. And I think really, you know, more than that, you can't Google your way to becoming an expert software developer either a software engineer as it were. Mm -hmm. And so I want to, I just want to say that that problem, I, I just feel like it deserves attention. I don't think that there's a, a sort of straightforward way to, way to deal with it. Um, it's, it's kind of like this ad hoc mishmash of people, people become talented software engineers by just by being around other talented software engineers. And there's no apprenticeship. There's no place to go where you can you can make sure you do all the right things and check all the boxes and get there. Different companies have different definitions of it. And I've, I mean, Chris, would you say, I found that sometimes people that have been from startup to startup really know their stuff. And sometimes people that have been at big companies really don't know their stuff and vice versa, where people that have been from startup to startup never got a chance to really run software with a lot of users and people that were at big companies never got a, never got a chance to touch the high volume stuff. Haven't you seen the same? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, there are no standards. There's no um, set of rules that people are applying um, to this. And I think saying, you know, pointing out like there is no such thing as like an apprenticeship um, type idea in the industry is like spot on. Um, for the most part, it's really um, how someone learns um, in this industry is really dependent upon themselves motivated they are to go and 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 just learn on their own it, their product their environment that they're in um and they're going to learn what that what that environment teaches them so you know if they have a strong team um doing like the right things then they'll almost surely pick that stuff up and then vice versa exactly and that's not strong then that's not going to happen so i think i mean there is some merit into like kind of treating it more towards an apprenticeship, like for, for, especially for teams and organizations that think about like, what are the, what are the key principles that are important to us? Like what makes a person, a developer that we want on our team? What are their, what are our core values and, and beliefs and principles and best practices? Um, you know, how do we codify that and um, really mentor people to, to embody that and to, you know, put them on a path where they're, they're going to become part of that, that, that entire culture and process. 
Right. And then how do we measure when we get there or when a person gets there? It's like, that's another thing. It's like, I remember having a conversation with my musician friend and, and he was um, looking for somebody else to join a band that he was putting together. He had lost a bassist or a drummer or something. And I was like, how do you do that? How do you know when you've found the right person? And, and uh, the way he described it to me is that, uh, you know, you just know when somebody has it. And it was like it with a capital T. Um, and I was like, huh, yeah, I guess, I guess if you've, if you've kind of come to a certain point in your musical career where you have it, you can probably recognize other people that have it. And I sort of feel like it's a little bit the same in software. Like I can tell Chris has it. Um, and when I talk to other, other people that are, you know, kind of mature and modern software developers, I can tell when they have it. Um, and so turning it from this mysterious it into something that we can talk about with clarity would be so nice. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And like, it, it's very, it's very ad hoc right now in the, in the industry. It's always been, you know, a big part of it is just 10,000 hours, that concept, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but you also have to have like, it's, it's, it's not just 10,000 hours, right? It's oh, not, no, I've definitely met people have 10,000 hours that do not have it. Yeah. So it's 10,000 <laughs> of the right hours, right? right. So, so it's, it's, it's definitely a, a multi, a multi-channel approach. You need you do need to like that environment and um, kind of being on that right team that, that is embracing like those best practices, that spirit of like constantly learning um, and, you know, staying abreast on what's just what's happening in industry, not kind of like, it's very much a tendency for a lot of teams and people just in general, right. To stick with what works. Um, yes. And, Boy, yeah, you can do that for a year or two, maybe. But after that, it's like warning, warning, warning. Um, like you, 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 you've really run the risk of like all of a sudden being. You like lift up your head and you're like, wait, what happened? Like, we, right? We, we were using cars yesterday, and now everyone's in a plane. Right. Like, yeah, I mean, case in point, I, I just yesterday and today, I, I was starting to feel this like this little feeling that some of our opinions and in, in uh, an episode we did on serverless are starting to feel a little dated to me. I, I feel like I need, and, and I'll probably do this at reInvent is, is sort of reevaluate some of those opinions and think about it a little bit more. Because so the serverless train doesn't seem to be wanting to let off. Yeah, I feel like, um, you know, the problem with the 10,000 hours is that, you know, you need to reestablish a new 10,000 hours regularly because of things like serverless and, <laughs> and, and, and just everything changing so quickly. And maybe that's sort of the problem um, that you know you face when you're in this industry is that you can become an expert in something that no one wants to use anymore mm-hmm. and then what and and i think and so, that was what chris was getting at a little bit is is the right 10,000 hours because within that right 10,000 hours is obtaining a mindset um because mindset is is so key so if if your 10,000 hours are spent correctly then at some point in that in that time you'll be working on on your mindset and work, be working on getting that mindset to a place where you understand the fundamentals and the fundamentals don't really change all that much. A lot of the stuff we talk about in, in MobyCast is stuff that we did 15 years ago too, um, just with different tools and techniques. And it was a little bit more difficult or a little bit less difficult depending on kind of the, the ebb and flow of software development. But once you have those fundamentals and that right, that right mindset, um, then you just are, you're ripe for always facing your antenna towards the, the source of new and good information, your mental antenna, as it were. 
as long as you're like spry still. Right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> because the, the problem is the older you get, the less likely you want to change the way you, you think about things, even if it's yeah. practically. Age is a state of mind <laughs> as I get older. <laughs> yeah. Tell that to my Strava times. <laughs> well, right on. I think so. So that's where we're going with this. I, I don't know, Chris, if you wanted to say anything more about, um, more concrete about where you think we're going with, with MobyCast. No, I think it's just, you know, realize it's, it's definitely a much broader conversation than just something about Docker or even just containers, right? It's sure. really just... Or you know, AWS or, or any one topic, yeah. You, you, can't, you can't just build today as a software developer building software for the cloud. It's complicated and you can't talk about just one thing without bleeding out and, you know, in, bringing in other topics as, as well. So definitely the realize that the scope, the breadth of, of topics that we've talked about on this is much larger than, than Docker and containers. And that feels okay though, right? That's natural that it's just the scope has, has, is broadened and, and there's plenty of content and it's interesting and it's useful and we'll, we'll continue going there. Yeah, we'll continue going there. And, and I hope to augment our conversations with other, other stuff over the course of the next, who knows how long, but um, this whole problem of training developers is weighing heavily on our minds. So we're going to work on it. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Rich. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, guys. All right. Talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. Well, dear listener, you made it to the end. We appreciate your time and invite you to continue the conversation with us online. This episode, along with show notes and other valuable resources, is available at mobicast.fm forward slash three five. If you have any questions or additional insights, we encourage you to leave us a comment there. Thank you, and we'll see you again next week.